Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Hello and welcome back to Believe in South Carolina on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nick Kloss. Joining me as always is Braden Malloy. As we are talking the upcoming game against Florida after South Carolina just having a bye week. Um, that game's going to be at 7.30 p.m. on November 6th, this coming Saturday at Willie B. in Columbia. It'll be on SEC Network. And it's a battle of two 4-4 four and four teams. Florida was ranked earlier on this year. Um, they've had a lot of troubles throughout uh, the rest of their season. So now they're standing... Right where South Carolina is at four and four. So, uh, Braden, what do you think the Gamecocks need to do to beat this Florida team? And do you think the Florida team is really even with South Carolina, like the way the record shows? I, I don't. I think their offense is still explosive. Um, they still have one of the best offenses in the SEC. Um, maybe only second to Alabama. Uh, when you look at their losses on the year, it is to Bama, who, okay, that's a that's a reasonable loss, and they still put up 29 on Bama. And there was a late late fourth quarter game. They were still in it. Their other loss was to Kentucky. Now, they only scored 13 there, but uh, so I'll give them that one. That was a bad loss. Um, then they lost to LSU, but they put up 42 against LSU, and they came back from down – I think it was like 26-3 at half. Well, going in half, and they had the Hail Mary, whatever. But they still put up 42 points. Um, and then their other loss was last week to Georgia. And you can't really judge a team on how their offense looks against the Georgia defense of this year. Um, that's just – they just kill everybody's averages. So, I think Dan Mullen, though I don't think he's a good head coach at all, I think he should definitely be on the hot seat with the program he has and what he's done with it. I think he has a great offensive mind. I think he can scheme up plays as well as anybody in college football, maybe even better than some of the NFL coordinators. And he can definitely use the talent he has had to score points. And so I think, I think they will score points and that's the difference from us in Carolina. We can't score points no matter what we draw up, no matter who we put it game florida will definitely get points and a lot of those can come on the ground south carolina uh the defensive front for them has allowed 230 rushing yards or more in three of the last five games and we are zero and four when giving up at least 184 yards well florida averages 243 rushing yards a game so I just think looking at that, 
that just doesn't bode well for South Carolina. And I think we're going to see a game that Florida probably takes off. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm seeing another Texas A&M, Tennessee type game. Yeah. And more than likely, they'll be starting Anthony Richardson again. Um, I don't think just in general, I don't think you can go from having the Emory Jones starter of the season, starting at the beginning of the season, then bring in, they call him AR-15 because that's AR and that is numbers 15. So bringing in AR-15 and he's got a rocket. He does have a rocket of an arm. Um, if you bring him in sparingly and then you make the decision before the Georgia game after a bye week and it's your biggest rival of the year and a game that is – not so much for you because you'd already have three losses, but you could play spoiler for Georgia and all, and you choose to put AR in there to start him. I don't think you can then go after a performance against the best defense that we've maybe ever seen. They say, mm, you didn't play up the par. We're not going to start you against South Carolina. So I think they'll start Richardson. Richardson is incredibly dynamic. He's the one that helped make the comeback against LSU. Um, and now he, so he has, the second half of the LSU game, a bye week, a start against a, a legitimate national ship, national championship contender, where at the beginning of the like, – he didn't do a lot, as, but he still got that experience. And so I think he'll be able to find big hole – like find explosive plays against our, our defense. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I don't think – even if they start Jason Brown um, – I just don't think our offense is explosive enough to get in a shootout. Our defense might come up with some stuff. Like I said, there, I mean, that the constant this year is turnovers. Jalen Foster continues to rack up interceptions, uh, sacks or forced fumbles. I think we'll get a couple of those, whether it's a, a two sacks and an interception or so. I think that can happen. But I don't think our offense will be able to turn those turnovers into points. So I don't think we're just going to – I don't think we're going to be able to keep up. I agree. And first off, I want to say is that um, us getting to the quarterback has not shown like us getting to the quarterback and winning games. Those have not coincided this season. The game where we got to the quarterback the most was Tennessee. Like that was that was the best pressure we've put on the quarterback. Most sacks in a game, uh, most uh, pressure put on the quarterback. And we got demolished. So, I mean, and then in the other games, didn't do as well there, but, you know, you get three or four interceptions. And one of those is a pick six or something like that. So, like, that doesn't directly correlate to South Carolina's success, if anyone listening is thinking that. But then the other thing is you just talked about AR-15. I wanted to ask you, and you kind of touched on it, but if you want to go in a little more detail, well, we have JB-15. Don't know if he's going to start officially yet. But what do you think he could bring to this offense that struggled with Satterfield this year? To be honest with you, um, I don't know exactly what he's going to be able to bring. Um, I've not seen a lot on him. He's not played. Uh, he came in. I mean, he came in and led two touchdown drives uh, late against Texas A&M. But I guess you got to take those with a grain of salt because they're playing their third third and fourth string guys and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he looked confident, but again, so I, I don't, I, that's against third and fourth stringers. I don't really know what he's going to bring us. Um, 
I don't think he runs like a healthy Luke Doty can run. Um, so I don't, I think he's more I don't, of a, I don't think that's the game plan. No, and I don't, don't I don't even, I, no, I don't want him to, to be a runner. Is um, I just meant that he doesn't bring in that aspect. That's, the di- the that's a difference. Game. Right. Um, I think he might be, uh, he's a better pocket passer than Bodie is. Um, like he has a better pocket presence and he's a more prototypical pocket passer. So I think, he could have – he will definitely have higher completion percentage than Doty just because he's able to stand in that pocket. He keeps his feet calm and, and uh, quiet, and he can deliver the ball on time. So I think we'll see more completed passes maybe like over the middle or down the sideline or something just because that he he's a better guy with his arm. Um, but, again, he doesn't have a lot of game gameplay, so I don't know if like – the balls that need that little bit of touch or you're down 14 and you need this drive because Florida's offense is clicking. If you don't, you'll be down 21 and you need a drive that at least puts points on the board. I don't know how well he'll handle that kind of pressure. It helps that we're at home and I'll have the home crowd with us and the home crowd, at least from my point of view, will be excited that we have a new person back there because the fans are kind of getting upset with Dodie and Nolan not performing like we like. So he'll definitely have a little leeway with the fans at home because he's new and he's trying and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think in the quarterback duel, I think AR-15 beats out JB-15 just kind of based on talents. I think J- uh, AR has a bigger arm. Like I said, I haven't seen JB a lot, but I think just from watching AR, I think he has, he has such a huge arm. He's also 6'5", like 220. Like he's Cam Newton size. He and yeah. he can he runs like Cam. That's Newton. probably that, that's probably his best professional comparison. No, without a doubt. He, but he, here's the thing: he throws better than Cam Newton. I think AR's more like. Uh, I think he throws a better ball than Cam Newton, but he's not as physical running. He can kind of. He's a little physical running. He's not as physical as Cam Newton, but he gets that size. And I mean, it took like a couple runs. It took like three or four Georgia defenders to bring him down. He's a big physical guy, so I think that aspect of him being able to run and then being able to launch a ball like that, I think that gives him the edge in this in this quarterback duel. And in a press conference uh, earlier this week, Josh Van, when asked about Jason Brown and the game plan on offense, um, he did say Brown's going to throw it like that. That's kind of what it's going to be. Like you said, I mean, he's not Doty. He's yeah. not as mobile on the ground. So we're not going to look for him to run all over the field. Like we see some of these top quarterbacks in the NCAA do in the FBS. We also don't have a run game. So he kind of has to throw it. Exactly. I mean, the, we've, we've been backed into a corner. Um, and uh, like we've said all year, you know, a talented, talented group of running backs that just have not been able to get going. But I mean that'll be a st- that'll be something to look forward to is AR fifteen versus JB fifteen. See which one. Both new quarterbacks. I mean, as you said, Richardson's played a few games now, or one game, one and a half, something like that. Um, and uh, Brown will get his debut after getting uh, some reps in garbage time. But um, I mean, as far as what we think's going to happen. I just don't think South Carolina really really has the players to get it done. Um, 
if I'm being completely honest, I hope we pull it out. Like you said, being at home is huge. Like if this is at Florida, I'm not, I'm not even considering it. There's no chance. Yeah. In the swamp, it's over. Yeah. Like there's no chance being at home. There is a little bit of hope. I don't think this gets too far out of hand, but the one thing I, I really want an answer to is, or I just want to see this weekend is showing up in the first quarter, showing up in this first half, at least like both, both Texas and M Tennessee have been these totally out of hand games in the first half. And it's before it's even started, it's already over because you know, they're putting in their backups for the third and fourth quarter because they've already run away with the game before South Carolina's decided to even show up to play. Yeah, and I mean, you can be as talented as you want as a team, but if you get down, if you're constantly getting down two, three scores in the first quarter, first half, and you're playing from behind and it's an uphill battle the entire game and you're – it. Because what it does, it forces you out of your offense. It forces you out of the plan that you had for your offense because now you can't be conservative at all if that was your plan. Or even if you were you're, you had a planned aggression, you have to ramp that planned aggression up because now you're playing with the sense of urgency because you've already wasted a quarter. You've wasted three, maybe even four, depending on how fast you go on offense, four possessions. And on average, you get like 12 possessions a game. So if you're constantly getting down 14-21, you're the whole game plan you had throughout the week is now out the window. And now you're forcing balls down the field, which either leads to incomplete passes or turnovers. And now you abandon the running game completely because for us, we don't have an explosive running game that can go get 30-yard gain, a 15-yard gain, 45-yard touchdown run. Ours is like two, two, three, two, one negative 18 so it just regards all disregards all of that so like we have to abandon the running game completely you're putting that allows the defense to sit back in zone and just put three in the box at the most at the the least and drop eight in coverage and now you want jb to find holes in an eight-man coverage when our receivers aren't six seven go up and get it guys so if i mean if that if, if if we come out and florida scores 14 in the fourth quarter or the first quarter, like even if they just score 14, we just don't have the offensive weaponry like a Bama or uh, Ohio State or Oklahoma or some of these teams that they could get down maybe even 28 and then still come back and win. Like we just don't have that type of, type of weaponry to, to complete a comeback like that at the moment. Or so from what we've seen, we don't have that. They might have that somewhere in them. And it might happen, but from what we've seen on the field, they are a fourth quarter team, which is usually pretty good for your team to be a fourth quarter team. Yeah, but you yet, have to keep it close to for that to even matter. Right. Yet they're already down 40 in the fourth quarter. And so, yes, they always win the fourth quarter, but they lose quarters one through three. Yeah, and you've lost quarters one through three. So the backups are already in and you're winning, but it's you're not really winning. Like you're it's garbage time. It is garbage time. It does not matter. It's why we put up 13 against Georgia. Like that time, that amount of time didn't matter. So Georgia did not care because they had already beaten the crap out of South Carolina. And there are plenty of positives in Shane Beamer's first year. 
ground game, as you said, definitely not one of them. They failed to get 100 yards in five of the last seven games. Satterfield, if he wants to even consider the fact that he's going to have a long-term job here in South Carolina, um, is gonna, I'm going to need to see an offensive boom against like a Florida or a, a legitimate SEC opponent. Um, the, I don't even need that. I need an offensive boom against Missouri because we put up 21 on Vanderbilt on a last minute drive. Like you're talking about, point. I need a, I need a boom on a big out SEC team. Give me a boom on a little SEC team first. And then we can talk about like, show, if you get show it's possible. I mean, right. Show me you can do something like what we, what do we do like against the little teams? Then we can talk about year two, year three. Beamer's got his recruits in now. Okay, now we should start be doing at least putting up 20-plus points on actual, like, big-time SEC schools. But at the moment, show me you're not inept and that you can put something on a Missouri team who I don't – I mean, is constantly getting blown out. And, like, show me you can do something on the little teams first. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see if Florida's a bigger a little team. I mean, they've lost, uh, I believe, three of its last four and four of their last six. So they're definitely struggling this year as they've been a staple in the top 25 and one of the best uh, teams in the SEC. But um, now we'll get into what we think is going to happen in the game. Um, as I said a little earlier, I think Florida runs away with this. I don't think it's going to get too out of hand. Um, but it's definitely going to be a handed win for uh, the Gators. I'm trying to check the spread's eighteen. I really, I think, don't want to. I take think Florida in that. Oh, I take Florida, and I take them to win by forty at least. I think yeah. after their show last week against Georgia. Um, Yes, nobody outside of Gainesville thought they were going to do anything against Georgia, but everybody in Gainesville and Mullen and all them thought, oh, we can put up at least 30 on them because that's just how good their offense is. And then they didn't, and they only scored seven on with four minutes left to go in the game, uh, and Georgia was already up big. I think they Dude, got Georgia's embarrassed. Insane. They are. They're and I love insane. Them. They're so they are very insane. Um, I saw there was a stat today. Uh, Georgia's defense has let up 53 total points in the year, and they've caused turnovers. that have, And Georgia has scored 66 points off of turnovers forced by the defense. So the defense is responsible, technically, like not, but overall 66 points, and it's only let up 53. Um, anyways. Dude, they are crazy. Well, this isn't a Georgia podcast, so keep going. No. Maybe the SEC, maybe the weekend of the SEC, we can we can do something like that. But uh, or the SEC championship. Um, but I'll actually be at that game. Shout out. Uh, but I think they got embarrassed, and I think Mullen, one Mullen, is one of the worst coaches on the podium after a loss, like in college football. He can't. This is not even just me being Georgia biased. This is like he just can't accept a loss. There's always got to be an excuse. There's always got to be something. I mean, like this year they asked them. Like it was like the talent gap or something. He's like, well, look at it. We won last year. They won this year. That's how a rivalry works. No, you've lost four out of the last five years, and you had one good team last year that ended up with three wins. It still ended up with three losses last year. Like, 
he just he can't really accept that he's a is a loss. So he's getting been getting blown up on Twitter and all this kind of he stuff. He needs to he needs to take some notes from Beamer. Mr. Yeah, just talk about the heart, you guys. Tell yeah. him, tell everybody Mr. how positivity. much you guys love You're never so, going to get a bad press conference from Shane Beamer. It's always positive. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, tell them, hey, look, we won the fourth quarter. Our guys are going good into the locker room into the next game, and that's always a healthy response. Um, no, but I, so I think I think they got they're taking that, that uh, embarrassment. I think. I mean, even watching the game. They and you watch replays, they had offensive plays that were schemed open for huge plays. Um, it was just either the Georgia pass rush got to them or it was a tipped ball or so somebody on the defense made a play. But I think Mullen's embarrassed, I think their offense is embarrassed. I think AR wants to come out and show, hey, that guy you saw earlier that's putting up all these numbers and all is not is that that's me. I'm not this guy from this past week. Um, I think he comes out and has a huge – I honestly think AR goes for like three, 350-plus and three or four touchdowns. Um, and then they're back P. Ryan. Uh, I don't think it's – I don't think it's P. Ryan. Um, it is – who am I looking for? It is – oh, Pierce. That's what I meant, Damian Pierce. I think he has probably two touchdowns. Um they might even put Emory Jones in at the end of the game and he comes in and gets a touchdown or so. I think this is just going to be – I think their offense is like it's going to come out clicking on all cylinders. Um, and I think it could be the 28 nothing game, like the Tennessee game first quarter. I, got, it, I think it's going to be one of those type of games they put up 50 on us. Yeah, and uh, I agree. I don't think I, – I agree that they're going to cover the spread. I'm going to take – I'm taking minus 18 for Florida. Um, I think the score is going to be 38-10. I think South Carolina finds a way to get some points on the board because we always do, and those might be garbage time points in the fourth quarter. But 38-10, Florida wins pretty handedly by 28. Uh, I'll take that. I think that's a good pick. And then the over-under is 52, um, and with that score, I take the under. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll take Florida to win, of course, cover. I, I'll take the over because I think Florida's going to hit the over on their own. Um, I think it'd be like, I think it'd be a, like 56 to three game. Wow. You have a lot of faith in Florida to kill the South Carolina. Actually, well. That's a big win, dude. I mean, like, like. A and M didn't beat us that bad, and they were up forty-four to nothing. I think A and M's offense is not as good as Florida's offense. That's true. Um, I no, I, I think fifty-six is what Florida will hit. I think looking thing about their defense, I'll say fifty-six, seventeen. Okay, high-scoring game for one team, and then the other team kind of contributes. Yeah. But I mean that's our wrap up for uh the preview for Florida versus South Carolina. Game will be at William Bryce at 7:30 on SEC Network. I will be at that game. I don't know if you will. I will. Well, it depends on uh, they got me for ABC I'm covering Benedict at 2, so it depends on when I get out of station I might be over there. True. If not, so, I'll be watching on TV. Yeah, so uh but yeah, so we'll see if South Carolina can uh, 
win against the odds um, and take down Florida, even though uh, neither of us think so, and I don't think most of the world thinks so. So uh, we will uh, take a look at that later. But that was our first pick of the SEC schedule, so now we'll get into the rest and make um, all our picks and predictions for the rest of Week 10. We have a full SEC schedule, I believe, this weekend. Lots of games. Everybody's gonna, back, baby. We're going to start with uh, one of Braden's favorite and a pretty simple call. Georgia, number one team in the nation against Missouri. And yeah, the spread uh, is 38. <laughs> I'm going to take the Tigers here. I'm just uh, no, I'm uh, without a doubt taking Georgia. Um, yeah, third, uh, Georgia by 38. Um, I think they cover that. I mean, uh, you said it earlier in this episode, Missouri's getting, been getting blown out by everyone. Yeah. So I think, now uh, you have the number one team in the nation with the best defense, and dang, dang good offense. Yeah, I think they, uh, yeah, let me just see. Let's see. The over-under is 59 and a half, by the way. Missouri's giving up. Yeah, Missouri. Uh, they only scored scored twenty eight Vanderbilt and uh, Georgia had like sixty in the first quarter. Uh, but yes, um, yeah, Georgia. I take Georgia to win and cover. Uh, that was the over under. Let's see, 59 Here's the thing. I don't think they. I don't think they hit the over. Yeah, because, because I feel like I feel like it's gonna be like a forty-two to nothing. Well, yes, I don't think Missouri scores at all. Yeah, no, I don't so, either. So I think they they have no contribution to the over. But exactly, and that's why I'm not gonna take the over because I don't I as as I don't think Georgia's gonna put up sixty on them. Because um, I think I think Missouri is a little bit they're better than Vanderbilt as we saw they beat Vanderbilt. And Georgia only put, I think, 60 on Vanderbilt or whatever. So I don't think they put up 60 on Missouri. I think it could be uh, what we say, uh, 52 to nothing game. All right. I'm also going to take the under. I'm going to take the spread. Um, Georgia, obviously, um, winning by more than 38, in my opinion. I think it's going to be like 42 nothing, something like that. Um, Braden will make all his score predictions. Mine are just ballparks. I don't really <laughs> care about score predicting. Um, I just want to hit the spread and make my brother some money. Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. Exactly. And at the beginning of the season, that's what South Carolina had pride in. Now we don't even cover. Um <laughs> So, uh, game two on SEC Network at noon. Um, Ole Miss playing out of conference against Liberty. The, uh, the reunion of Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. Exactly. And he's coming with a pretty good Liberty squad, 7-2 and two right now. Hey, Malik Willis, um, he's that dude. Dude, I mean, his draft stock's gone up this year. And uh, Ole Miss is favored by minus 9.5. Here's the thing. Uh, Matt Corral's health status is the biggest factor for this game. I agree. I, if I'm a betting man, the money line is 
Liberty to win plus 310. I'm taking that. I don't. I'm taking Liberty to cover that spread, nine and a half. I think they win it. Whoa. I think they win. I think they beat Ole Miss. And uh, the over-under is 67 and a half, and I'm taking the under. I don't think they hit that. That's high. No, I don't think they hit the under, especially if Matt Corral can't move around. I still think Matt Corral's become a very good pocket passer this year. He's become he's developed his arm talent and his throwing. Uh, it's much improved since last year. So even if he can't run around, I think with this week of kind of – I mean, he came back and played against Auburn, so it can't be that bad of an injury, I would assume. So I think after this year, this week of maybe some a little bit recovery, I think they can scheme up – Lane Kiffin can scheme up enough plays that they can get people wide open because um, they still have great receiver and running back talent. So I think I think Ole Miss covers and wins. I'd say um, twenty-seven. Mm, wow, thirty-five. Thirty-five, twenty-four. Ole Miss. So that's Liberty covering? No. That's 11-point difference. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's math. Um, All right. So we'll we'll beg to – we'll disagree on that one because I really do. I think Liberty money line would be just a sick bet to hit. Um, I also think they're a little upset that they – Went in as a number 10 team and got kind of not boat raced, but I mean, they lost by 11 to Auburn. So I think they that might be, make them a little, little lane might be a little mad. But what I, I tell sure. you, I told you Jordan Hare at night against a, a ranked Auburn team, even an unranked Auburn team, is scary, especially on Halloween weekend. Very true. No, you called I that. I told you. All right, well, uh, let's uh, crank through the rest of these because we're coming up on time. But Auburn and Texas A&M, I believe this is at Texas A&M. Correct. Um, Texas A&M is play, uh, Texas A&M 14, Auburn 13, but them at home, they get the favorite. Minus four and a half, over under 49. Who you got? <laughs> I think Auburn. I think they're on a roll. I think Bo Nix is – he's playing like the Bo Nix everybody expected when he was first recruited. Uh, they're clicking. I, I I think Auburn – I think Auburn gets this one. I think mm, – I think they cover. Uh, I agree. I got Auburn uh, to cover and win outright. 
I agree. I think Auburn's been on a roll. Bo Nix is actually playing well, which you never know what you're going to get with him. But right now they're getting the good Bo Nix, which is awesome for them. So I got I got the Tigers taking down uh, the Aggies. And uh, what's the over-under again? 49. I got the over. I'd take over. Yeah, I got Auburn 42-36. Yeah, I have the over on that one. Put me down for that. All right. And then next game, also on SEC Network, 17th-ranked Mississippi State against Arkansas, now unranked. Uh, Arkansas, I'm guessing, is at home because they are favored by five, which I would not expect at all. And um, I'm taking Mississippi State to win. Okay. And um, the over-under is 56. I'm going to go under. Okay. Which which could be controversial because, I mean, Mississippi State with that offense, slinging the ball every – all over the field, but uh, I'm going to go with the under. I feel like it could be like close 24-21 type thing. Not a chance. I'm taking Arkansas to win outright. I'm taking the over to hit because both teams can score. Uh, um, I'm going with the uh, – I say – 48-44, Arkansas. Hey, it's only exciting if people disagree. So we'll <laughs> see who comes out on top in that one. But now Alabama against LSU. Alabama favored 28 and a half over under 66. Um, for some reason, I don't think Alabama covers that. I don't either. Alabama's not a team that covers, in my opinion. Their defense has a bunch of holes this year. They win by a lot, but they just never cover. So, like, or I don't want to say never cover because they do. But like, I don't know. In my opinion, I just don't feel like they're going to cover 28 and a half against LSU. Um, so I'm taking LSU to cover the spread. Alabama's going to win. And then I'm I'm going to take the – I'll take the over. Like you said, Alabama's defense hasn't been what they usually are. I'm going to take the under, though. I think it's – I could see it being like 38 – 38, 20, 29. I don't even know if 29 is a possible score to get, but 38, 29. Yeah. I don't know if you can actually get 29 in a football game, but. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that close, <laughs> but um, uh, you is 20, would 38, 29 be scoregami? It probably maybe for it also would hit the over actually. So it (laughs) is 67. (laughs) 
All right. So Braden's taking the over. Um, so I, guess, I guess I'm taking the over, actually. So he does agree. Um, <laughs> all right. So last game on the SEC schedule for this week, week 10, Tennessee versus Kentucky. Tennessee at four and four. Kentucky at six and two. Um, it is an even spread. So this is straight up a pick em. You just pick who you want. And the over-under is 56 and a half. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee. I have a lot of faith in Tennessee just because I think of how bad they beat us. I want them to be good and beat other teams. Hasn't worked for me yet, but I'm going to go with it. And I think the under definitely hits. I'm going Tennessee in the under. Okay. I'm going Kentucky. And the over? 57. Just complete yeah, opposite? I'll go, I'll go over. How did I know? Because I still think Tennessee can score. I think Kentucky has a bounce back game from uh, – who did they play last? Mississippi from, State. Yeah, I think that was an awful, pitiful showing from them. I think they kind of have a bounce back game. Uh, I'll take the over. I'll take um, – I say Kentucky. Kentucky be – what kind of points they average in this year? How'd they get up there in the 30? Let's say Kentucky 30, 33 to 30. There you go. Okay, I was waiting a while for that one. All right. So me and Brayden actually I'm a big sport gummy person, apparently. Apparently. Uh me and Brayden actually disagree on a decent amount of picks on this one, a lot more to make uh, this week, but I'm sitting at 11 and four. Braden's at 11 and five. I picked one last game. So we're basically around even um, right now based on pick them, but we uh, will see how those go. And uh, South Carolina, as I said earlier, taking on Florida. We already made our pick for that earlier. Both of us are taking Florida in a big way, so hopefully South Carolina can pull. Um, prove us wrong. That is one reason I would be very okay with being wrong um, if South Carolina gets the win against Florida. So, But that's all we have for this episode of Believe in South Carolina. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me as usual. And we will talk to you next on Tuesday as we recap this Florida game. So until next time, Gamecock fans, Forever to thee. Hey, go Braves. World Series champs, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.